so this is a real famous verse that Prabhupada quoted a lot. Tenth uh, verse, fifth chapter, first canto. Uh, translation, those words which do not describe the glories of the Lord, who alone can sanctify the atmosphere of the whole universe, are considered by saintly persons to be like unto a place of pilgrimage for crows. Since the all-perfect persons are inhabitants of the transcendental abode, they do not derive any pleasure there. So I'll say you can repeat. Those words, Those words which do not describe, which do not describe the, glories of the, Lord, the glories of the Lord, who alone can sanctify, who alone can sanctify the, atmosphere the atmosphere of the whole universe, the whole universe are, considered are considered by saintly persons, by saintly persons to be like unto a place of pilgrimage for crows. Since the all-perfect persons are inhabitants of the transcendental abode, they do not derive any pleasure there. Purport by His Divine Grace, Crows and swans are, are not birds of the same feather because of their different mental act, uh, attitudes. The fruitive workers or passionate men are compared to the crows, whereas the all-perfect saintly persons are compared to the swans. The crows take pleasure in a place where garbage is thrown out, just as the passionate fruitive workers take pleasure in wine and women and place for gross sense pleasure. The swans do not take pleasure in the place where crows are assembled for conferences and meetings. They are instead seen in the atmosphere of natural scenic beauty, where there are transparent reservoirs of water nicely decorated with stems of lotus flowers and variegated colors of natural beauty. That is the difference between the two classes of birds. Nature has influenced different species of life with different uh, mentalities, and it is not possible to bring them up to the same rank and file. Similarly, there are different kinds of literature for different types of men of different mentality. Mostly the market literatures which attract men of the crow's categories are literatures containing refused remnants of sensuous topics. These are generally known as mundane talks in relation with the gross body and subtle mind. They are full of subject matter described in decorative language, full of mundane smiles and metaphorical arrangements. Mundane similes, I'm sorry. And meta metaphorical arrangements. Yet with all that, they do not glorify the Lord. Such poetry and pro and what is that? Prose. Prose. <coughs> on any subject matter is considered decoration of a dead body. Spiritually advanced men who are compared to the swans do not take pleasure in such dead literatures, which are sources of pleasure for men who are spiritually dead. These literatures in the modes of passion and ignorance are distributed under different labels, but they can hardly help the spiritual urge of the human being. <coughs> 
excuse me. And thus the swan-like spiritually advanced men have nothing to do with them. Such spiritually advanced men are also called manasa because they always keep up the standard of transcendental voluntary service to the Lord on the spiritual plane. This completely forbids fruitive activities for gross bodily sense satisfaction or subtle speculation of the material ego egoistic mind. Social literary men, scientists, mundane poets, theoretical philosophers, and politicians who are completely absorbed in the material advancement of sense pleasure are all dolls of the material energy. They take pleasure in a place where rejected subject matters are thrown. According to Swami Sridhar, this is the pleasure of the prostitute hunters. But literatures which describe the glories of the Lord are enjoyed by the Paramahamsas who have grasped the essence of human activities. Once again the verse, those words which do not describe the glories of the Lord, who can alone sanctify the atmosphere of the whole universe, are considered by saintly persons to be like unto a place of pilgrimage for crows, since the all-perfect persons are inhabitants of the transcendental mode, they do not derive any pleasure there. Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Sri Advaita Gadadhar Srivasari Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So once again we can see Prabhupada's style of writing. Uh, he doesn't leave any questions, does he? Very easily. He's the, the easiest read author of all time. Very easy to understand Prabhupada's point in his, in his mood. Very easy to pick up on it. Uh, what's he saying here? Narda Muni is saying that uh, those words which do not describe the glories of the Lord, what is that? That's Prajalpa. That's everything else. You see? Everything else. If you... Uh, <clears throat> You know, when I go out to walk, I used to go out to walk in parks, but it's too hot to do that. So I, I go to malls, and sometimes I don't even go walk at all, so I've got to get back into it. But it's fun to over, uh, overhear or listen to people as they talk, you know, to kind of just to see what are, what are the people that we're trying to save. Where are their mentalities, you see? So, and we hear things like, uh, we, can, we can hear people say things like, well, you know, little Johnny's going to soccer. Uh, well, little, little Linda's going to dance recital. And Mary's going to Yale. Well, uh, Harry's going to Harvard. And it's just back and forth, you know, conversation is mundane like that. People really don't know what to say. You see, they're uncomfortable if they sit down with one another and nothing is said. If I don't say something and I'm sitting with you and you're not saying something, I'm wondering, well, why doesn't he say something? Is there something, does he not like me anymore? You know, I don't really have anything to say, but, uh, uh, okay, let me think, uh, 
well, uh, well, hey, hot enough for you? You know, don't you just, they don't say that so much in Arizona, though. They say it in other places. They say it in Texas, but they know better than to say it in Arizona because, yes, it is hot enough. So, uh, banter, just banter. Uh, conversation that may, really means nothing. And they might even remember some of it. And once in a while, uh, the conversation gets really juicy because I find out something about you that I can talk about. Or we can talk about him. Or these two people are having an affair or something. Or the latest scandal or the latest conspiracy theory. And you see people, uh, rather than listen to the, uh, the pastimes of the Lord, I'm interested in the latest What's the latest conspiracy theory? What are they going to do to us next? We never know who they are, although there's speculative uh, uh, speculations on who they are. And they seem to change. You know, they're going to do this to us. They're going to do that. They're going to take our guns away. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. So people are always worried about them. And it's fun to talk about because it gives you something to talk about rather than praising the Supreme Lord and how to further uh, Lord Chaitanya's movement, you see. Even the devotees get hooked into this. We see it time and time again. You see, Srila Prabhupada didn't linger on any of this garbage. He didn't talk about this. And he discouraged us from talking about this Gramya Kata. Gramya Kata is village gossip, you know. Talking about that, talking about that. If it's something serious, and the thing, the thing of it is, it's like sometimes I talk with people, <clears throat> and they're so eager to talk about uh, uh, something to do with with uh, uh, one of the things that's real common is the, uh, health health issues, you know, like foods that you shouldn't eat or whatever. So you know, you can ask them. You know, I've done this, and it, you get an embarrassed face when you say, "Oh, really? I shouldn't eat." Uh, I shouldn't eat wheat anymore, or gluten, I shouldn't, whatever, you know, it's all, there's always something, there's always a, 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 an evil something you shouldn't eat, you know, they pick on salt, they pick on sugar, they, they you know, it, it makes me dizzy, you know, rather than just eating a balanced diet, so they're always looking for something new, so they'll say something like, you know, you shouldn't do this, and I say, oh, that's amazing that, that you say that. Could you share with me your, your clinical research? Well, I didn't do it here. Oh, okay. Could, well, then could you share with me the clinical research that you looked over before you made your decision? Oh, I didn't look at any. Oh, so you took it on hearsay. You didn't see any research. As a matter of fact, the guy that told you didn't see any research. As a matter of fact, we don't, we're not really sure if anybody ever did any research. Or if it was done, who did it? I was talking with Krishna Kirti Prabhu. He's very genius. He works for the government. Uh, uh, at least he used to. He used to. He used to uh, uh, handle their uh, the uh, computer system, the firewall to keep uh, the Russians and the Chinese from getting in. You know, so he's a pretty brilliant guy. He had the top security clearance, the top secret, the highest top uh, secret security clearance of anybody in the or as high as you can get. Because he had to deal with some really heavy stuff. So they checked him out. They found he was a Hare Krishna devotee. And they felt like, that's okay. I mean, that's okay. It's okay for you to be a Hare Krishna. 
So anyway, he's quite genius. His mind works differently than a, a speculative mind. Uh, he's so genius that it, it, unless you get to know him, you wouldn't think he's as genius as he is. You know? But it, the genius mind works very differently than a speculative mind because it does not, repeat, does not speculate. It, it deals with facts. You know, this fact plus that fact might equal this truth or whatever. Otherwise, so he was telling me that the way that they do these uh, uh, surveys, the statistics that they use, you can use statistics to prove anything. You put a spin on it, you see. The way they do it is they take a series of tests and then they select the ones that will prove their point. That's done in marketing all the time. They can show, oh, we have so many clinical tests. We've tested this, we've tested that, and here's our results. And you can look at the results, and they're true. They're right on. But they selected the ones that favored, he said, what you do, what the government does, when it comes down to people dying. In other words, when you've got to know the truth, the difference between people living and dying, you've got to do it only one way, and that's random selection. You do several tests and you select randomly tests to, uh, to escape bias. If you have any bias, if the tester has any bias, then it taints the whole thing. It's, it, it's useless knowledge. Although some people will take it and say, oh, this is proof. Here's my proof, you see. So I, I say all this to point out what's going on in the material world. People have so much to do, so much to talk about, other than the Supreme Lord. To glorify the scene, if you're in a crowd at work and everyone's talking about uh, office gossip, and all of a sudden you start praising Krishna, they're going to think you're a nut, aren't they? They're going to think, this guy's, he's off. <coughs> because you're associating with crows. You're associating with people who really are not looking to glorify the Supreme Lord. For that, you need to associate with swans, you see. Because they're looking for the garbage. What they would really like is some real garbage news about somebody. Did you hear the latest about so-and-so? You see, that's, that's the Gromyakata, the village gossip. So the swan-like men avoid this kind of talk. You know, emphasis on the word avoid. Avoid meaning to walk around, uh, leave it alone, do not indulge in do not hear it. Do not repeat it. That's that's what we mean. The avoid the swan-like men avoid this. You see, we're too busy trying to glorify the Supreme Lord. We don't have time for this. You see, and besides, even if we did have time, which we I can't conceive as having time, we have so much else to do. We're always trying to get our service done, get our rounds done, get enough rest for the body. So many things we have to do. But if we had time, why would we want to uh, partake in this type of talk? Why would we want to lower our mentality to that of crows? You see, we need to avoid it. Now, it doesn't mean that we're bad people because we get sucked into it from time to time because it's going on all around us. <coughs> There's always somebody, uh, even devotees, you find, have something to say about something that really doesn't mean anything. And again, if you if you'd use the process that I was talking about, you know, oh, can you show me your clinical research? Oh, I didn't do any. What did you study? 
I don't know, got it off the internet or you know, somebody told me and I don't I didn't ask them if they did any research. So in other words, we don't know it's true. And the fact is it generally isn't, because these things keep changing. They keep changing. The health stuff especially. You know, fat used to be horrible for you. It's going to clog your arteries. And then the same scientist that said that 30 years later came back and said, oops, <laughs> we were wrong. Sorry. After 30 years of people trying to squeeze the fat out of their diets, you see, and trim it to the point. Then they said, oh, when you, when you reduce your fat intake too low, your body makes a chemical to make up for the amount of fat that you need. And that chemical has a tendency to clog your arteries your body has to make because you so in other words it has a reverse effect and we can go on and on about the, how they change you know it used to be uh, <clears throat> ghee ghee was taboo for the health food people oh my god you know ghee and, and coconut oil was terrible it'll kill you it'll clog your arteries in five minutes stay away from that stuff and now they're touting it now they're saying that the people on the, on the, the cutting edge of the the health food industry are saying ghee is really good for you. you know, of course, it has to come from free-range cows and all this. You know, then they have to throw in their their stuff. You know, uh, coconut oil. They're they're really saying is good for you. But just a few years ago, it was horrible for you. So, uh, an intelligent man realizes that if you can't make your mind up, I don't think you really know anything. <laughs> I'm not buying any of your. If you keep changing your mind, I don't. I'm sorry, sir, but I don't want to go along with the ride. So you and your industry, you go and do your thing, and uh, and market your products, however it is, your products and your diets and whatever it is that you're selling. <clears throat> and it all gets it gets back to if you uh, if you associate with swan-like men, they're going to talk about the glories of the Lord and how to further this movement. You see, there's no room. In, in in their minds for anything else. Who was it? I, uh, my comic book, we were talking just the other day about sometimes you lay down to sleep and your mind is just full. You know, it's just, you, you, your body needs sleep, but your mind is saying, no way. No, I've got something that I need to go over, some sort of service, you know, something that's, I'm, I'm about some project that I'm finishing up, some project that I'm about to take on, some people that I'm dealing with, some situations here, some situations there. Maybe I'm going to go here. Maybe I'm going to go there. Gee whiz, I'd love to go to sleep. And the mind says, no, no, we have to go through this. Sorry. And then if you can get to sleep, you wake up an hour and a half, two hours later, and you're wide awake. And the mind says, look, I told you. We're not going to sleep. Now that body of yours can't sleep without me. I'm not sleeping. I'm the mind. So, uh, uh, we have so much to think about. It's infinite. We, we can, if we need to think about something, we have an infinite amount of uh, Krishna Kata that we can, go, we can go through our mind. We can run through our mind. We have, there's an infinite amount. If we don't have any handy in our mind, we can open one of these books. If you don't use books, you can use a computer or whatever. You know, uh, I'm going to go to one of these, uh, uh, what are they, uh, an iPad or something like that, just so I can carry all the Prophet's books with me. You know, I think that's a great, 
And that way, if I'm someplace like on a train or on a plane or wherever, you know, in a rest area someplace when I pull over to rest, I can pull it out and just read a little bit, you see. So let's not be caught up like the, uh, uh, the average Joe. The average Joe in America needs something to talk about. And I want to be the first to tell you what I heard, you see. And it's, it seems kind of strange that everybody tells it to you like it's true. It's true. Everybody forgets. Uh, do you, I always like to ask people, well, you know, what if you <coughs> were in a court of law <coughs> and you're trying to make a, a point based on hearsay evidence? You know, the defense attorney would say, object, Your Honor, hearsay. When the judge would say, you know, Objection sustained. In other words, you can't do that. Get out of the court. You've got no rights at all. I can go on hearsay. Well, I heard that some from somebody who heard, they heard from somebody who heard, who heard from somebody who heard, who heard from somebody who heard that this will kill you if you eat it. Or that these people are trying to enslave you. Or this is this is going on. The fact of the matter is, none of us know. We don't know. I don't see, let me see, any scientists in the room? All the scientists, please hold your hands up. Anybody that's, so nobody really knows, you know? Is there anybody on the, in the president's cabinet here, you know? So there's probably a lot about the government we don't know. A lot we hear about, you know, and none of it worth talking about. We have so much that we have to do. We've got this huge job of spreading this movement. See, we, we're, we need to become swan-like men and make others swan-like men and women. I'm not leaving out the ladies. Swan-like persons. What does that mean? Did you hear the description? The crows are, are looking for the refuse. They go, they look, they're, uh, you can see especially uh, in India, where places where there are piles of garbage. You don't see, you know, you have to go to the dump to see garbage here, but in India, there's piles of garbage here and there, and you'll see the crows will be there picking through it. They're attracted to it, you see. Uh, the, uh, the swans, on the other hand, are not attracted to anything dirty. As a matter of fact, Srila Prabhupada has said that a swan has the talent. You can take uh, a glass, a half a glass of milk, and add a half a glass of water and give it to the swan, and the swan can drink the milk out of, and leave the water. They have this ability to do that. Yeah, swan-like. So the Parmahamsas, the swan-like men, this hamsa, uh, hamsa means, uh, is talking about a swan-like, uh, swan-like bird. It's actually not a bird. The hamsa. It's pronounced hung, hung sa. When there's a dot over the M, it's not pronounced M. You know, it's hung, hung sa. So, it's like Nishringadev is not Nishrimadev, it's Nishringadev. So, the hung sa is a swan-like bird. It's actually more like a goose. There really is such a bird. And they, uh, they fly over Mount Everest. They can fly at like 35,000 feet, which you would think birds couldn't do. They can catch a draft when they come across the Himalayas, and uh, they've been uh, reported flying up to 150 miles per hour. You know, they're a super bird. 
they're super in every way. In every way. They're a goose-like, swan-like creature. The Hamsa really, it's swan-like, but it's it's the it's it's the uh, the um, the standard that the swan tries to follow. You see the Hamsa. So the Paramahamsas, uh, the, the, the pure devotees of the Lord, are compared to this super swan, this super swan-like creature that only goes for uh, delightful things. You see, the devotee should be engaged in delightful conversation. Delightful? Why? Why delight? That's something that will delight the Lord and the Lord's devotees. We're trying to bring pleasure to the Lord and bring pleasure to the Lord's devotees. See, so uh, we have to run from this type of uh, garbage discussion. You see, it was it was uh, dissatisfying. Srila uh, <coughs> Vyasadeva, <coughs> excuse me, Srila Vyasadeva was dissatisfied because he wasn't glorifying the Lord. Nard Muni is pointing it out here, and he and he drives it home in this verse. That there's no way you can be satisfied because you're not glorifying the Lord. A mundane man would say, what are you talking about? Glorify the Lord, glorify the Lord, glorify the Lord? Come on, isn't there some time for sports? For all this other, these other goodies? You know, when am I going to crank up my, my 70s tunes and listen to those? You know, I like to talk cars. Don't you like to talk cars? You know, there's so there's just a multitude of wonderful gunamya kata, trash kata, for the crow-like minds to go sift through. Now, why do you think that they're attracted to it? Because they're not attracted to, to the uh, swan-like discussions of the Lord. You know, you can start talking in a group of people about Krishna kata, and so, a lot of times somebody will say, oh, it's getting pretty deep here. You know, they want to shut it off. Let's let's roll over to whatever, you know. Like, oh, it's pretty deep for me. I'm getting a headache. If you force me to think about something as spiritual as that, you know, I'm just not, I'm suffering. You're causing me to suffer. Huh? Yeah, what about them cowboys? You know, you think the Yankees going to do it again? I mean, come on, let's get into some real conversation. You and your Krishna this and Krishna that. Don't you ever get tired of this Krishna? What they're saying is, I get tired of this. My mind is tired. I need to rest it on some nice Gromya Kata. I need to, I need some trash talk. You know? I need some uh, don't you know any any off-color jokes? <laughs> you see. And they're gonna they're gonna label you as a as a dunce as a nut, and that's okay, because we are crazy. We're, we're crazy. We're crazy for Krishna. In the, in their measure, we're not sane. That's why in the beginning, so many years ago, back in the 70s, they 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 couldn't understand what was going on with this Krishna consciousness movement. So they accused Srila Prabhupada of brainwashing. I thought this isn't normal for people who are perfectly engaged in having fun, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, to dump it 
move in the temple with this swami, shave their heads, put on orange cloth, like Bhaktivedanta. You see, singing or dancing on the streets all the time. All this. Every time you see those people, you ever notice they've got this this hand, arm full of books. They're trying to get you to take a book or a circular to come to their feast, and they're chanting this Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. They've got to be crazy. You know, Janis Joplin is available. Uh, Jimi Hendrix is available. But no, they're doing this Hare Krishna thing, and it's God this and God that, spiritual life. You see, so the crows are going to be detracted from this. They're going to they're going to feel like, wow, I've got to run. I've got to get away from this. This is too much of on the mode of goodness for me. You see, I need some mode of passion, and I'm dying to get back in the mode of ignorance so I can pull the wool back over my eyes. You see, so uh, the devotee should always avoid this. It's difficult. I know it's difficult because. There's so much of it. And, and as Kali Yuga goes on, there will be more of it. Let's just do our job to kind of uh, quelch it a little bit, you know, to wash it. In our circles, let's not spread it. Let's talk about Krishna Kata. So are there any questions or comments? see and, and and sometimes sometimes people's minds are in a mood that they don't want to see very deep they don't want to see very deeply seeing very deeply causes me to make commitments when I understand more that I want to do more that means making more commitments to, to service or or commitments to Guru and Krishna and I'm not ready for that because I'm, I'm perfectly happy the way I am I can coast a little bit so I don't want to go any deeper. So sometimes there's that element. Um, sometimes we have to engage. It's just like if we're working on, let's say the walk-in cooler breaks down. We're going to have to talk about, you know, electric motors, seals on a door, uh, maybe things that we can that'll clean the floor better, uh, what color should we paint this. But this is all devotional service that we're talking about. <coughs> fixing the temple car. We'll have to talk about certain things. But it's all devotional service because we're taking care of it. It's, you know, we're taking care of Krishna's property. It's just that we don't dwell in that and then and start living in that. But that's what that's all we're talking about. See, you know, the devotee sees it as devotional service, and the Vaishnava especially becomes expert at doing anything and everything. You know, sometimes the, the Vaishnava is a Brahmin, sometimes he's an electrician, and sometimes he's a <coughs> plowing behind a cow, he's doing the work of a Vaishya, and sometimes he's doing the work of a of a Kshatriya. You know? He can do anything, any, anything and he sees it all as uh, loving service to Krishna. You see. So uh, the Vaishnava doesn't run from mundane talk. So long as it's it's in, in, engaged in Krishna's service, then it's not mundane. It becomes purified. 
Yes. It's interesting. I was thinking about this verse that Darwin is talking to the Yasadeh compiled the Vedic literatures. So what he's calling the place of pilgrimage crows are literatures that are talking about how one can get elevated to the heavenly planets, how one can make, you know, karmakanda, all these different different things. Have all. Bring them in. Bring them in. Yeah. Okay. Just we'll make, we'll just keep them. We'll keep them quiet. So you can talk to them a little bit. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they look into Kali Yuga now, the literature we have that I try to assimilate this verse with is a lot like Uber Karma compared to what she's talking about. I just think of how degraded the ages have come from from that. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, we do have there are spiritual books out there that are considered also that's an important point a lot of people don't think like that they think that those those books which will tell me how to have a, a happier more productive life uh, how to find a more attractive wife uh, how, to, how to have better children well this is all spiritual so that this term spiritual is being stretched you know like you stretch a rubber band you know this, this term is being really stretched in this age. I mean, they're including so many things in, in that term spiritual that really and truly don't fit, you know. But uh, because it might be different than my neighbor, I'm spiritual. Because I don't think he's spiritual, so I can talk about this garbage or that garbage. Is, you know, this, this term spiritual is just being uh, bastardized. They, they just don't realize it. But even even that part of the Vedas is, is considered a place of pilgrimage for crows. Because the Humsas don't go there. They go to the nectar of the Lord. What part of the Vedas? The part of the Vedas that talks about uh, karmakanda, uh, how, to, how, to, how, to, how, to, how to live a, a happy, productive life materially. Which, how to get a, uh, a, a more educated child or, mm -hmm. you know, better progeny. Those things may be somewhat necessary to most people, but to the, to the Paramahamsa, they're only thinking about glorifying Krishna. They don't, they don't worry about that. I think, Bhaktaran, you had a question? Um, if you're forced to be around this sort of talk, or interested in that, how can you uh, maintain uh, lots of Krishna? You can use it for to your advantage. You see, uh, you, you can you can get swept away and, and start to think like them, or you can put up your resistance. It causes you to put up your resistance and and to remember. You have to remember as you're hearing all this all day every day. I'm just a devotee of Krishna. I'm just the devotee of Krishna. None of this applies to me. This is all mundane. But I can walk through it. You have to be like a swan. And you have to, you have to drink the milk out of the water. It's a little more, it's difficult. But you can do it. You see, you just have to remember, I'm doing this as a service. This is my service to Krishna. You see. So, uh, 
makes the whole thing transcendental. I'm doing transcendental loving devotional service to the Lord. And I wish I could help them do the same. And they could do the same too if they just realize they're doing this, their activity as a service to God. They're not going to think like that. Some of them might. But most of them will think, I'm doing it for me. I went to school for this, and, I'm, and now, I'm, and now it's, I'm doing it for me. It's mine. I might throw a couple of bucks here and there around, but basically this is for me. It's really sad because I see like how, how hard they work, these people work, but I don't, they don't have any, any really hope. I don't see that you know, there is no Just think if they work that hard for Krishna. See, that's, that's the real sad effect. If you see how hard and how diligent they, they try to do their jobs, and you think, boy, if, if you would try to serve Krishna, on that level, I mean, and, and then you think, wow, I really want to engage this person because I see a valuable potential servant of Krishna. You think, wow, you're, you've got such qualities. You've got more qualities than I have. You could, you could be a much better devotee. But alas, here we are. You're doing, you're doing it for the reason you're doing it, and I'm doing it for the reason I'm doing it. And that's very unfortunate. To Dr. Paul, I'll get, I'll get to you, Gino. Well, didn't you also think that uh, being on this planet, that there's no void in one? You're empty around it, unless you're completely in solitude. Even, even in that aspect, you're like you said, you're all, something comes up, whether somebody's on the, you know, now we've got, unless you totally isolate yourself completely from news and media. Yeah, it's tough to avoid it. It's like, it's like I was telling Aaron, though. You just have to be thinking about it as you're hearing it. My dear sir, you're, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, this is just, this is mundane. But it's, it's funny because people will tell you how to talk to them. If you listen, you know, even for that mundane stuff, you can find that when you're listening to them, what the interest is to what the connection that you can actually talk to them about Krishna. Generally, you can draw some conclusion. Yeah. But if, if, if you're in a completely mundane crowd, like at work or something like that, you can't do that. You, you, you really and truly cannot get away with that. Unless it's some yeah. small yeah. business where right. people, they kind of like Krishna consciousness. I was a leading, leading salesman of a national company back in the 70s. And because I did that very thing, they fired me. I brought in more revenues than the next few guys underneath me. And they, it was a big decision, but they decided, man, we got you got to go. You and this Krishna thing, you got to go. We'll replace you with somebody else, but man, you're out of here. Because you're not going to stop. We could ask you to stop, but we know you're not. So, see ya. I was with them 10 years. Up until I met Srila Prabhupada, I was one of their favorite young boys, going to raise to the, rise to the top. And then all of a sudden, I'm thumbing, you know, my nose at their their stakes and their their conventions and talking about Krishna Kata. They said, "You're out of here. Get out of here." I have noticed that you do talk to people, and like I said, you listen. You know, say whatever like mundane stuff is. There's something there that whether it's, you know, where you can relate and go, you know, if you thought of this, and then all of a sudden when they start coming into it, and then as you 
as you use your own experience, you know, I used to do these same things. You know, I, I know yeah, sometimes you can, you can actually, if you're in the right crowd, you can bring it around to something spiritual. You know, and then they'll, a lot of times you lose them when you do that. But that's yeah. okay. Well, because how, it, how else are you going to shut them up? Yeah. It's either you sit there and listen to their mundane, they'll ramble on and on and on. But if you can draw, draw this conclusion of something to do with, with, with God, then they'll, they'll usually kind of zip it and think, oh, okay, well, hey, see you later. So at least you implanted your spiritual seed, and they stopped and, and left. So. Let me get the genome. It's, it's time. It's my, it's no, no, go ahead. We got time. Okay. Um, well, I was just going to say, with Aaron's question, I was always surprised in corporate America if you actually ask someone what their religious beliefs are, what they will share with you, and you'd be amazed at how much sacrifice some people make out of love of their children and trying to raise their children to be godly, um, and, and the struggles that they go through too, like they don't like the drinking and stuff that happens at work. And, it's amazing that they're, they're really trying out there. And it's, you know, we have a hard time doing our devotional service sometimes. These people are going into the material world every day and trying to be spiritual. Um, sometimes if we had listened with a compassionate ear, we can offer them some support and some encouragement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think mostly what we see uh, is the, the vast majority yeah. of the, you know, the, the people who like um, happy hour and tossing down a few brews and right. time and, you know, yay America, less hot dogs, uh, apple pie, Chevrolet, and quart of beer, you know. Mostly that's what we see. Uh, but there are a few people out there who are probably a little tired of it, you know. You know, my sister is one of them. She was, she was very, as a matter of fact, she's, uh, she's about to pass any minute. She's about to to leave. She's got ovarian cancer, so, uh, uh, but she's one of those Christians who, who just was, uh, tried to be as spiritual as possible and always think of the Lord. And she, in her house, they always had, they're like devotees, you know how devotees always have some kirtan going or something. She always had some hymn or something going, and uh, of course she would watch a little bit of TV, but not, not much. She went to went to church every time they opened the doors which is only a couple of times a week she was in there you know so um, uh, anyway there are people like that um, but we have to admit they are in the vast minority otherwise the people who are trying to make money in this country the corporations and businesses would be aiming at them if they were in the majority you see they would be selling Bibles and Stuff that would appeal to a, a spiritually minded uh, Christian or Muslim or whatever, but they're not. The vast majority is uh, are people like good old Redneck USA, you know, and they may even go to church once in a while, but they're not. They're not the kind of person. They're basically crows. They're not really. Once in a in a while, they may stop and dwell on praise of the Lord. But as far as a daily thing, I don't see it. I mean, maybe there's a world out there that you see that I don't see, but, you know, maybe I grew up in a different part of America. Uh, but I, you know, the, the, the deck is stacked against that being the majority. If it was, if that kind of person was the majority, 
this would be a whole different world. And our job would be a lot easier. You see? Yeah. Well, that's almost as if to say that, you know, as far as us being people and, you know, calling, you know, there's crows, and, but we're people and that, again, we, we all have ourselves, higher and lower selves within us. Yeah. Okay? And people are almost like a combination lot. Yeah, and so the devotees are trying to get rid of that, that bad side and let the good side out, you know. Yeah, it is accessible, but but that's the trick. Is like, is it in their lifetime right now to be accessible? Yeah. Or you know, like you were saying, you can hand somebody a book and they just act like a robot, like you like almost yeah. like they're closed off from even being able to approach. Yeah, it's like oh, I don't, know, I I don't think, want to go there. But what I we, think what that we, everybody has the ability <coughs> to. to have a oh, everybody has the ability. You're I mean, exactly you know, right. But whether we can can perceive what their combination is is the trick. And well, whether or and, not and it, what I it's notice, even there in this lifetime for them, whether or not what I what I notice a lot in, in what you're talking about, I think you're just a nicer person. I, I like I'm an analytical person. I analyze when when somebody says something. I analyze other things that they say to see if they're telling the truth. It's kind of an autistic thing I have. I, I see things like that. And I, I find that most of the time, almost, well, most of the time, that people are, are wearing their spiritual mask. They're a crow in swan's clothing. They're just a crow. But they put on a spiritual mask every so often. You know, and, but most of the time, because those same people will turn to mundane things and go for mundane. They'll, they'll have a spiritual moment. They'll, have, they'll put on their, their swan clothing. And they're appearing like a swan. But then you see them ten minutes later, and they're a crow. And they're a really good crow. You know, they're picking through the garbage. You know, they're attracted to it. So they've got their spiritual life over here, and they'll turn it on and use it whenever they need it and they'll shut it off, put it away and go back to being a crow. So, and that's, that's just reality, you know. Now there are a few, there are a few who are swan-like. There are a few. Is that what you think of me? No, not at all. No, I'm not talking about anybody first. I'm talking about the people outside these walls. I don't think that way, you know. I get that way. No. No. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. People that come up and like they're really, really nice and friendly. But they're not They're not really nice and friendly. Like you said, they come to space. And then all of a sudden you hear like talking about this, talking about that. So like 95 plus percent of it is just like, it's not that way. Sometimes it gets about spiritual. Yeah. You know, and you can't, you can't help it. They're, you can't help it. They're, they're all around you in the office. They're talking. Like, yeah. It's not like you can believe it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we can go on and on, but it's probably, it's, we should probably break. We'll talk about your question later. Let's, let's shut it off now and break the economy. Oh, 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 oh,